<laughs> yes, yes, Rob. We um, we did not watch Men in Black two, but yesterday we watched the the King's Man, um, Just last night. Making a so... lot of decisions for the both of us, uh, and then trying to pass it off like I made those decisions. <laughs> so, um, yeah. we agreed on the movie. <laughs> there is a okay, so I we did, but it's really funny the way you said that because it reminds me of Parks and Rec, uh, where Leslie and Anne are talking, and Anne's like, "You just you you can like I'm not saying you're a steamroller, but like when Anne was like, Leslie, you can just kind of steamroll stuff. Like you made me watch Harry, all eight movies of Harry Potter. I don't even like Harry Potter, and Leslie's like, "That's crazy. You watch all eight movies." <laughs> and that's the vibe you get. Like you're like you you agreed to it. Like yeah, I did. This is true. I did. Uh, it's funny you say that because it happened. That did happen to me back during the holiday season, and the work group I'm part of for that program we're developing. Um, I I was trying to plan out our next few meetings. All of them were like the two Thursdays before uh, Christmas, and so I was like, okay, well, I figured we could probably cancel those two work groups because people are going to be busy being out traveling whatever else and everyone was like yeah 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 and i was like mm-hmm. okay so then we met the or not the two but the one before christmas and so then we met the next week and i was like yeah we agreed to co- to cancel that because everyone's going to be out da, da, da. they were like no 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 you said that we didn't say that i was like y'all sat in silence <laughs> silent means that you agree and i'm saying <laughs> truth for you and I, like you can't sit in silence. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh so yeah. make them talk more now, so that they are. I'm not speaking for them. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, all that to say, we did jointly agree to not watch Men in Black because we would also have to rent it <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and watch The King's Man because it was on Hulu and we wanted to watch it before it leaves Hulu. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Alright, are we ready to get started? Yeah, do you want to do an intro in? intro? Yeah, we'll loop everyone into this. Hello, okay. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I ruined oh. it. Okay, go again. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Black Girls Love, your uh, friendly podcast with your even friendlier black girls who talk about the things they love, which is our normally nerd stuff. Um, sometimes that not nerd stuff. And then sometimes it's not things we love. So really, <laughs> this is a graph. <laughs> the title is a lie. The only thing that is true that we're black uh, because that can't change. So uh, <laughs> I am Janae. And I'm Jess. We're happy to have you. Um, I wanted to ask Jess, was there anything happening in your corners of the world? Yes. So my K-pop corner, um, most, lots of things are happening. So my new group, Stray Kids, they have a new album coming out in like two weeks. And they dropped the teaser for the music video for the title track today and it disrupted all of our lives um was it today by, or i guess it was it today they they've dropped a lot of different teaser things so they dropped the trailer um for they dropped a teaser trailer back in february i think maybe a week or so ago they dropped 
a trailer that was phenomenal or maybe it was just last week it was sunday when we were in the kitchen they dropped a trailer that Mm -hmm. was just it was movie quality with how good the like effects and just the storytelling was in the like three minutes of this trailer um and then they have oh today they dropped the teaser trailer for the music video for the title Mm -hmm. track and it looks really cool. There's lots of boxing imagery. There's leather. It's tough. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. That makes more sense. Because I was like, I distinctly remember you being in a kitchen when the, a trailer dropped. And that wasn't yes. today. Yes. They continue. They, they're um, different than BTS, who has, um, who's next in my K-pop corner. But they're different than BTS because they don't give you a schedule of the teasers that are coming out. BTS always gives us a schedule of like these photos, images will mm. drop this date and this teaser trailer will drop this date. So you can prepare yourself and and know that something's coming. Stray Kids isn't doing that. They're just dropping mm. stuff like when they feel like it. I mean, I'm sure they have a schedule, but it's not a known schedule. So we're all just like, oh, my God, like somebody was about to jump in the shower. And they were like, oh, my God. And they dropped, no, they dropped everything <laughs> to watch the trailer and threw their schedule off. And they were heading to a bridal shower. It was pretty funny. But I was like, yeah, this is what K-pop does. Um, and then, yeah, and then BTS is um, doing concerts. There, what, oh yeah, it's March. So March as of this recording, or well, when we're recording this. And so they are back in action and they're doing Permission to Dance in Seoul. And then they will do it again in Las Vegas in April. And I have seen that concert like three or four times. And I still am feeling FOMO about not having purchased tickets, tickets in for... Vegas. Yes. Uh, I would like our humble listeners to know that I did tell Jessica about Vegas uh, because I anticipated this reaction. <laughs> and she still <laughs> did not buy the tickets. And I was like, okay, that's fair. She, you should have heard her. When she, she sounds very similar to how she sounded then, but it was definitely a little more like, Oh, I've already seen like she was definitely trying to convince herself more than me when she was like, I've seen it so many times and like it's the same concert. It's just the same show and like it's fine it's fine. And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Yes, yes. So I'm processing my FOMO um with a BTS concert, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And worst case scenario. There'll be plenty of fan sites that will have it recorded and streaming off of, um, I don't know, Google Drive and wherever else they will host it. So I'll just slip in there and get it if I need to. Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, I still only have one corner. I guess we have one shared corner, which is Ashton Kutcher Corner. Um, which I, did, I talk about, uh, did I talk about Guess Who last week? I think you told me in person. Yeah. So after um, we recorded, I think actually. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I can talk about. So I um, so I started with my my confirmed corner, my individual confirmed corner, which is Taylor Swift corner, and nothing is happening too much there except Jake Gyllenhaal is being a lot and saying that his relationship with Taylor, uh, 
was quote unquote overwhelming. And I'm just like, you were a 30 year old man and she was 19. Yeah. Like if I try to talk to a 19 year old, I'm overwhelmed. I'm like, there's a <laughs> lot going on in you that I can't resonate with that I have to step away. Like absolutely not. And so I was like, yeah, Jake, no, no, duh. it was, oh, I can't imagine how overwhelming it was for your grown self. So, right. Uh, that's all the time in Taylor Swift Corner. I'm still team. I mean, I'm always team Taylor, but I'm definitely team Taylor because Jake Gyllenhaal stresses me out. Um, but okay, yes, yeah, so our, our hashtag allegedly Ashton Kutcher Corner. Um, <laughs> I so unrelated to uh, Ashton Kutcher, I decided I wrote. I wanted to start rewatching some of my favorite rom coms from the early 2000s, and like not even specifically, just some of my favorite rom coms. Because I wanted to see if they held up. Um, and so I started with Sweet Home Alabama. And then I moved on to uh, Hitch. Uh, unsurprisingly, Hitch still held up. It was great. Um, and then I moved on to Guess Who. Because I actually had not seen Guess Who. Um, and if anyone is doesn't know what that is, it is a modern retelling of Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, the movie with Sidney Poitier, where he is a black man. Uh, I cannot remember the actress's name. Uh, he is a black man um, joining his white girlfriend's uh, family for dinner um, in a time of like the what, 650s, uh, where it was still very taboo. Um, a little later. I thought it was, was it? a little later just because it was, it was taboo, but it was less illegal i feel like in the 50s it was still <laughs> it was, it was, it was, sorry this is 57 it was 67 you're right there we go okay I, was, um, I thought it was the 60s but yes yes uh we're like yeah so it had like Catherine hepburn was mom i think like or uh maybe Catherine hepburn was the um the girl anyway so uh so it's a retelling of that and it's a retelling with uh Ashton Kutcher, which surprised me because I like I knew about Guess Who, but I, the only thing I knew about Guess Who was that it was a modern retelling and it was a race swap. So it was the black daughter bringing home a white boyfriend. I knew the dad was Bernie Mac, um, but that's all I knew. And then I went in and I was like, oh my God, surprise Ashton Kutcher. This is great. Like I'm going to have something to talk about for allegedly Ashton Kutcher story uh, corner. And I could not get through it i was so sad because i wanted to so badly but i was so infuriated at bernie Mac's character that i couldn't finish because all mm. i kept thinking was like if i had a son and my son went over to like his girlfriend's parents house and he was treated like that like even if i had like a white son like because like having a black son has like a bajillion more connotations that would make me even angrier but even as a white mm -hmm. having a, a, a white passing or even a white son um i would be in fear i would be down there kicking down doors and like fighting people in the street except not fighting people in the street but like fighting people in the street i'd be so mad because he treats him you would become so, the angry black woman i absolutely would with no hesitation because that was so, it was just so disrespectful especially because everyone in this situation is a legitimate adult like no one is like 16 and i'm saying you're 16 you should also be acting like that because any picture i see of like the dad standing between like his daughter and her daughter's prom date with a shotgun i always want to like flip tables because i'm like you're not threatening my son with a gun like you are at you're a grown man you are not threatening my kid with a gun like i will come mm -hmm, to your house mm -hmm. um 
And so like, so like that, it doesn't make it better, but at least they were like full adults. And so that made it even more enraging to me because not only were they like full grown adults, they're full grown adults who live together, like this, this uh, young couple. Um, and they were about to get married. Like they were going to the house to like announce their engagement, which like <laughs> side note also stresses me out. I can't imagine introducing <laughs> the first time your parents are going to meet the person you're going to marry is when you, they have proposed already. Like right. I, that stresses me out too. Like I can't imagine rolling up to my mom, like surprise, here's my fiance. <laughs> like They're part of us now. <laughs> she could lose every piece of her mind. Um, so that was, uh, side note that was also frustrating but um yeah I he just treated him so so terribly and it was a mix of like yes he well because he was shocked that he was white and like there was one scene I, the scene that I had to cut it off with where I was like this is now gone to a point where I cannot even handle it is um when he like he invites him back to the house because like he tried to make him stay at a hotel after a miscommunication hotels are full and then he was like i guess you'd come back and stay in the basement and so the ashen kutcher's character um comes back and stays in the basement uh by the way the girl character is zoe saldana in case anyone was curious um ashen kutcher comes back sleeps in the basement um and as he's like getting ready for bed bernie max character comes down and like they kind of share a moment of like oh I'm writing my vows and I don't know what they're going to say. And then Ashton's like, I kind of help. Da, da, da. Um, and so Ashton's getting into bed and Bernie crawls into bed, like right after him, like in the bed together. And this is not like a king. First of all, it's not like a king size bed. None of this would be okay, but it would be maybe a little better if it was king size bed and they had some space. This is like a full size pull out bed. Uh, right, right, right. Like a futon couch bed. And Bernie crawls in there and he's like, uh, I'm only going to get sleep if I know you're getting sleep down here away from my daughter. And I'm like the, I understand this was the year of our Lord, 2005, but like the protection that dads feel like stereotypical dads feel over their daughter's like virginity or what have you, even though it's very clear they live together. Not. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's just, and it's, yeah, it's not because like if he was a black dude, it might've been a little, this, I was like, this is just egregious upon egregious. And like, if anyone treated my son the way Bernie Mac is treating Ashton Kutcher's character, I would absolutely, absolutely riot. I would riot in the streets. I uh, so I had to stop watching it, and I wish I, I, I might try to pick it back up, but I was so outraged that I, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Oh, and I love Bernie yeah. Mac. I absolutely do. But I was like, ah, ugh, I do not like this character. Yeah, I have not watched it. I have. Uh... No intention, just because while I like comedy, it's normally, it needs to be, like, embedded. I like comedy TV shows, and then comedy embedded in, like, sci-fi action fantasy. Um, So, I probably would never pull it, but I'm glad you tried. Um, And and I'm glad you (laughs) had that uh, empathy. I can only imagine what the original had in it you know what's what i actually thought i was like after i finished guess who i might go back and watch guess who's coming to dinner because it was so sydney portier and katherine hepburn and so i was like i could i was like i would love to see the the, because i like comparing like movies i get a more modern retelling uh with like maybe a little twist here and there Um, right right because like i really liked uh the i think it was like the 40s version of yours mine and ours and then i really liked the more recent i think it was still early 2000s version of yours mine and ours like i like seeing those i don't know how i'm gonna feel about um 
cheaper by the dozen with Zach Braff and Gabrielle Union, even though Gabrielle Union is uh, incredible. Um, right, but right. I'm also willing to give it a shot because I really like, I like both of those actors very much. Right, but, right. But yeah, yeah. I can't, and especially Sydney Portier's character back in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was like a full fledged doctor. Like, <laughs> right. What was wait? What were their careers in this one? And then we gotta we should. Yeah, we should talk about that one. <laughs> Surprise, we're just going to talk about Guess Who. This is a very big Ashton Kutcher corner. Um, he was... <laughs> That's like, uh, just do an episode on Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> what did she do? She did something... I want to say she did something creative. Maybe like marketing or like photography yeah. or something. And he was a banker, but right before he went home to meet them, he had just quit his job uh, for a reason that... It was probably explained in the rest of the movie but i didn't get that far <laughs> like okay. he just like he quit to do something different and i couldn't remember what that something different was um but that was the other thing. bernie mac was very impressed with his job he like he was a something lawyer um camera kind of he was some kind of uh maybe investment lawyer or something where he was able to look up people like uh, uh do background check on folks and like saw his credit score and was like oh he's great and da 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 so it was Okay, so he had a, a, a I feel like rom coms always give like super fluffy jobs, not fluffy, but a sports media reporter. Yes, <laughs> no offense to all of the sports media reporters that listen to our podcast. Right, right, because right, because they even writing and reporting jobs are not necessarily fluffy but rom-coms make them fluffy Mm -hmm. so yeah so i was just interested to hear that yes um but yeah so today we are not talking in depth about guess who and the portrayal uh or retelling of media which like maybe we should talk about that one day because i think that's an interesting uh topic because uh maybe not black girls love but this black girl definitely loves a nice story retelling um yeah we can do that with some uh with uh uh re with like the wraith bending not necessarily wraith bending but like race bending uh yes uh yeah or books because i like a nice modern retelling of uh mostly pride and prejudice but i also like modern retelling of all stories sure um but yes, yeah, so today we're actually not talking about a retelling. We're talking about a prequel, and we are talking about the Kingsman, uh, the prequel to both the Kingsman Secret Service and the uh, Kingsman the Golden Circle uh, that came out in 2014 and 2017, respectively. Um, yeah, Jessica, what were your thoughts? Because I had. <laughs> um... Uh, so I have one thought. One, I appreciate that you said the king's man because that's how I said it earlier, so that we can <laughs> differentiate between the king's man, yeah, of one and two, and and this is the prequel, the third movie that has chronologically come out. So I appreciate that. Um, also, my thoughts overall, it was long. It was really long. There was like. <laughs> so laughing at the time you uh, like what halfway a little over halfway through the movie you looked over you're like how much time is left i was like 45 minutes and you're like oh my god because it was just we got to a point where um we well yeah we got to a point where i was like we need basically another movie 
So that's what it felt like. It felt like several short movies put together. Um, and so that's why I did ask. And when you said 45 minutes, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because, yeah, there definitely feels like we need, like, us. We're now into the third movie, which normally you use a three-act structure for storytelling. That's that's very normal. Yeah. Um, but each act of this was almost like a standalone movie. And, yeah. And it could have ended there and been like, okay, the next... The next problem, the next solution, or the problem that still exists will be solved in the next movie. Like, yeah, like a three-part, like a mini-series almost. Yeah, yeah. I think I think if they had done it as a mini-series, I think it might have been better. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So that's my overall thoughts. I think I like the setting because it was fun to see the history. Um, so the movie, for those who have not seen it, it's set starting, it's pre-World War One and then through World War One. Yeah, it's like um, early 1900s through mm-hmm. World War One, Through the, like, the mm-hmm. beginning and like, then the end of World War One very quickly. Yeah, I think we get, we, uh, by the end, we're at like the roaring 20s based off of Polly's haircut. She had the little flapper haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I was thinking about this. I think the setting or the historical setting took some of the fantasy element out of it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So compared to the first Kingsman and then Kingsman, the golden circle, since both of those were set without any historical, um, anchors so all of this is taking place during world war one so everything is anchored within that timeline um the fantastic the fantasy of the kingsman and like the pushing of the envelope and what's believable was lacking in this version in this movie almost does that make also, sense yeah obviously also okay. because you know like where it's going to end up because of how it's not like it's uh, harkening back to our MCU series. It's not like this is has a multiverse in it, right? It's not mm-hmm. like there is a world where the U.S. did not enter. Well, there is, if you believe, if you subscribe to the multiverse, there is a world where the U.S. did not enter World War One. But like in this like <laughs> timeline that they are portraying, there's no world where the U.S. did not enter World War One. Um, and so you know where it has to eventually get to, where it will take mm-hmm. some liberties. Like I think. One of the things Jess and I uh, were talking about when they assess when there was like the assassination on Archduke Ferdinand, um, which kicked off World War One. Um, we histor- historically speaking, it probably was not a secret group of like mercenaries who who belonged to like the secret order run mm. by I mean spoilers run by a Scotsman um, that kicked it off. But, and, like, right. some other details, like, so it, it got, like, yes, Archduke Ferdinand and his wife were both uh, assassinated, um, but I think, Arch- I'm telling Jess, Archduke Ferdinand, I think, was shot, like, 18 times, and in the movie, he was shot, like, twice. So, like, there's some differences, but the big things, Archduke Ferdinand was murdered, like, they're trying to keep the U.S. from being in the war, because they know once we enter, it's all over for them. Um, that sounded very patriotic of me, I didn't mean it like that. Um, 
But you know, like, rep America here. <laughs> Once we're, we're in there, it's over for y'all. No, <laughs> but like, yeah. Um, so it took away some of that, like, it almost took away some of the color, if that makes sense. Like, even the just like the mm. co- they talk about coloring for in a lot of movies, but like even just some of the coloring. Because I'm thinking about that one scene in I want to say maybe the Golden Circle with Elton John, like in the fight at the. Um, I think it's a fight where Elton John is like playing, where they like have him captive or something. And uh, I think that's actually the first one because the, the first one, one? yeah, because the first one was phenomenal because it it had just such a wacky plot, and it still yes, it uses celebrities like Elton John. He's being held captive along with like Iggy Azalea, and I think some other um, celebrities because they're being kept safe for when Samuel L. Jackson explodes mm. the rest of the world's heads. Um, yeah. yeah, and so, but yes, so is the first one. I'm sorry, you were on the thought. Uh, no, 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 you're fine. Um, yeah, I, because uh, I think it was the same, um, was Elton John in both of them? Maybe. I can't, Maybe. I actually can't remember the Golden Circle as well. Because um, that was the one with Channing Tatum in it. Yes, because yes, that's um, when they get the American branch. We see yeah. the American branch. Yeah, and all that whiskey. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think like that uh, That bit, I don't, yeah, I think that bit um, was oh, like just, just the difference. It felt more, it felt more somber. Not somber, but like it just mm-hmm. felt realer. And I think my yes. overall impression was that I, I did not enjoy it because of that. Not that it wasn't good but it wasn't for me like i think if it came out first i would not have been so eager to watch the king the kingsman and then uh secret service and then uh the golden circle because like i am i'm just not a huge fan of war movies in general like and that was a heavy plot point which like yeah makes sense because like you're seeing the origin but at the same time i was like oh god like as it kept going i was like we're still fighting. We're still in a war. What's going on? I just, I just want cool fights to a cool soundtrack and fireworks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I think, I think definitely the history makes it more somber. Um, and I think another piece that was really fantastical in the. Uh, first two movies was the fight scenes mm-hmm. so we get a smidge of it with uh rasputin who will go in yeah. detail about him as a character <laughs> i mean in a moment will <laughs> i mean when jess says we'll go into detail it's just gonna be you uh enjoying Ranting, i yes. hope jess rants about Ras- rasputin rasputin she was so mad, y'all. I just, I can't. I wish you were live with us on the couch in the living room because she was so upset. Rasputin <laughs> every time. Oh, gosh. He just, he just, which is a testament to the actor, the costuming, the makeup, the 
direction like it's all a testament to how strong the reaction is or it's all a testament to their skills and how well mm -hmm. they did with that character my the strength of my response but i still i i did i didn't need to respond that strongly to any stimulus outside of real life but oh, um so great the fight scene with rasputin um is the is the most choreographed fight in this in the whole movie and that was another piece of the first Kingsman was the um, just the the out of the out of this world very stylized fight scenes and I don't feel like we really got that I feel like we get it with the Rasputin fight scene um, because they um, incorporate the traditional Russian dancing mm -hmm. style yeah, into ballet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Into the way he fights, which I thought was great. Yeah, um, that was my favorite by far. I think one of my favorite fight was because, like, again, maybe the colors, but like, um, because I feel like Russia um has a really interesting dynamic of like bright and like vibrant and almost gaudy coloring with like their. Uh, with like their monarchs and like um, mm -hmm. like their their palaces, like their historical buildings, just so over the top in a uh, <laughs> like in a like snow torn wasteland. Like I know Russia's not a snow torn wasteland, but right now I'm gonna say Russia's a snow torn wasteland because they need to get it together. Um, I mean, we should <laughs> never mind. I was gonna say we could make it one, but uh, no. that's that's aggressive. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Um, but they do need to get it together. I was thinking at the end of this, we should definitely, you know, acknowledge, because at least right now, at the time of this recording, the whole Ukraine conflict is happening, and um, we don't know. We don't know mm -hmm. when it's going to get better, but it definitely, Russia is in the wrong. Um, you know you're in the wrong if Sweden's like, okay. Like, Sweden's like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna bend that neutrality thing. Mm -hmm. It's been in place for what ninety years or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but to the movie, yes, I agree. I think there is a more muted color scheme compared to the first, um, the first two movies. Um, and then yeah, in comparing like the fight with Rasputin to the fight between um Eggie and the what? Samuel Eggie oh yes the, yes yes I yes I thought you were comparing another scene in this movie and I was like Jess Eggie wasn't here I know you <laughs> love Taryn but he was not here <laughs> <laughs> no from the first one Eggsy Eggsy from the first one and uh Samuel L. Jackson's um hench woman who had the prosthetics mm -hmm. and just how cleverly done that fight scene was i don't feel like we got anything of that caliber in this movie um yeah. and so that was that was um disappointing for sure yeah i feel like a lot of the fights were very just like fight scene -y. like they weren't theatrical they weren't like beautiful they weren't they weren't cl clever per se they were just right. like Oh, and and it it spoke to the the theme of the movie. Like war is not 
like i mean it, it can it can be clever like you kind of have to be somewhat strategic but like war's not theatrical like it's not like gaudy it's do you do this to get to get your end goal which is to whatever whatever your country's end goal is and to survive so like there's not a lot of room for that like flourish that comes from the other fights versus like even like Rasputin and uh Shola when they were fighting like it was it had all of that it had a lot of flourish because the main one of the main things that like one of the more immediate things and cute things that they were trying to do had already been accomplished because Conrad had gotten his dad out of the water like mm-hmm. he was like okay dad's safe like in my brain I was like okay dad's safe so we have time <laughs> we have time we have time to dance around and fight each other <laughs> just for a second like we do have this big main goal but also we can add a little spice on this like uh versus Conrad in the like trenches trying to mm-hmm. just survive like it yeah. just mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another fight scene, which it made sense because any shooting would have. So there's a, a so there's a fight in fight scene set in Russia where our um, pro tags fight Rasputin. Then there's a fight scene set in um, on the on the front line um, where um, I guess it's the Western front front. No, the Eastern front. Um, where they, the German shoulder, soldiers and the British soldiers um, motion to put their guns down as they're all trying to get to the center of the, the battlefield to um, retrieve some intelligence information. Okay, so they all put motion to put their guns down and then just fight with their hands, which... At first, I was like, eh, but I was like, okay, that makes sense because historically, if anything had happened on the battlefield, they would have lit up the entire battlefield and all of our um, folks would have gotten shot. So, you know, okay, we want this fight scene that makes sense and works historically. But the fight scene wasn't, it was, it, again, it just wasn't clever. It wasn't stylized. It wasn't pretty. It It was... It was just a grotesque fight scene in, yeah. in like, a, a in a war scene, war yeah. zone. Which like war? Like I'm, I'm almost glad they didn't, but it did not make me like them. <laughs> it did not make me like, oh yes, like I, I understand the reason, and it was a good reason. Like if they made it really like, I because I, I think what hindsight is twenty twenty. I think if they made it uh, flourish and sparkle. I would have been like, that was a weird way to portray war. Cause especially because in the last two episodes, we've been talking about the gamification. Well, maybe not last two, but the last few, we've been talking about the mm-hmm. gamification of war and like where it's going and like how removed we as a society can potentially get from it. Um, and so I'm glad it was very guttural. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I mean, I know it's guttural. You're not trying to convince me. I don't want to actually watch this. This is not something I would pick out on a normal on a normal day. Like I picked it out because it said Kingsman in the title. Kingsman <laughs> in the title. Kingsman. Um, it uh, it's really quick because I I want to make sure we give uh your gross gross bay some attention. Uh, <laughs> Ras- oh, yeah. I was about to jump to it once you had finished your thought. I was like, "All right, Rasputin." <laughs> Let's go back to Rasputin. The only comment I think I was going to make because I was going to make it as I stopped myself on the couch um, was that 
I feel like, because you had said something that was like, why is Rasputin, or like, why is this, maybe like, why was your reaction to this? And like, your your earlier explanation also made sense, but I was thinking like, my reaction to it outside of like, how good the actor was and the uh, like costuming and things like that uh, was because I watched Anastasia at a formative age uh, where he, <laughs> his bones <laughs> fell apart and he pulled himself together. I went to Burger King. I got the Anastasia Rasputin toy where you press the button on his back. and Was all it Burger limbs. King, not McDonald's? No, it was Burger King because like okay. it, all okay. of the his limbs exploded off his body. No, I remember. Was, I had that oh, yeah. toy too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, so I was like, that's why I'm primed to anytime someone says Rasputin. Just instant nightmares. <laughs> he was gross then. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. yes, <laughs> yes. So I, I don't. I haven't even looked at actual historical photos of him. Um, but yes, so we have been conditioned from a young age, thanks to DreamWorks Anastasia, to view Rasputin already as a villain and a, a nasty boy. But oh. he was. <laughs> extra nasty in this i (laughs) thinking about the scene okay so the our protags um decide that to stop the war they're gonna stop rasputin from from getting the czar to pull russia out of the war all right so they their goal is to seduce rasputin because he has been known to um be interested in pretty boys their goal is to seduce rasputin and then feed him this british tart and then the tart is laced with poison and boom he'll be dead and will be great so he it rather than luring our younger protagonist which is conrad the son of um of I don't even know our main protag's name, but the Duke, uh, who's played by Ray Fiennes, rather than um, Rasputin going into this room with the poison tart with the young Conrad, oh, he goes. Wait. With the... sorry, Conrad's dad. Yeah, Conrad's Orlando. dad, the Duke. Okay, so they're in the room, and he's um. Thank you. Yes, the Duke of Oxford, Oxford, not Briggs, and so. Mm. He, uh, Rasputin eats the tart, but he makes like eye contact with the Duke the entire time he eats it. And he doesn't just eat it like slowly, a bite at a time. He eats it like an animal who has been starved and it's the first and last meal that he's going to have for the foreseeable future. And he's pissed about it so he makes eye contact the entire time he does it and he just and it's it's it was freaky um again fantastic acting but it was just a little too much i was like oh 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 <laughs> um then he starts doing his like chanting woo woo stuff and as that starts to intensify he starts licking rape finds leg which again adds to like the mysticism of him and but it was so gross and he like licked his tongue all over the place and and i mean he was fully on that thigh just licking it up and it was 
I just hate tongues. I think most people who know me in real life know this about me, but I really hate tongues. Um, I mean, that... I don't have. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know most people like there's. I feel like the, it's a what, what a bell curve of like people <laughs> who like how they feel about tongues, where most people in the middle are just ambivalent and just like they exist, and then there are people right. on either spectrum who just like either love them or there's me on the other side who just hate them. So I I right. fully recognize that they're that I am on one end of this bell curve. <laughs> right, right, and you know if we um in my K-pop circle we you know freak out when a k-pop guy like sticks his tongue out while he's singing yeah. because right because it can be a, a sexy thing to but do but the way also oh, help me <laughs> but the way rasputin does it it is deranged unhinged and just absolutely disgusting and then he's so and then the music, of course, is ramping up. He's licking this dude's leg. He's humming and swaying and everything else. And then he turns to the side and just projectile vomits on the ground. Yeah. And I was like, this is disgusting. I'm <laughs> glad he licked him before he vomited. But just I, I was like, I can't. He's, he's a terrible character. I hope we kill him here and now because if he's in the rest of the movie, like my stomach's gonna keep turning. I'm very <gasps> surprised. I mean, this is all spoilers for the King's Man, so I hope everyone's ready. But I'm very surprised they did kill him that soon because I really expected him to last longer. Like I don't remember like the trailer. You remember the trailer pretty well, um, but I didn't remember the trailer as well, so I couldn't remember if I had like seen him in later scenes. Um, but I expected like him to just keep lasting in additional scenes. Um, but he didn't, and they they murdered him then and there. And I was like, okay. And it was Polly too. Polly shot him in the head. Always get that yes. headshot. Um, yes. So I was just I was just impressed. I was like, okay. I was like, Rasputin is no longer. Then you have what? Uh, Bolshevik. Um, Bolshevik. Bolshevik. We have Conrad Lidden show up to continue the disruption that. The, the, our true big bad who was orchestrating all of this political um, disarray, particularly in Russia, first through Rasputin, he then, um, our big bad, uh, uh, like hires or en enlists uh, Conrad Lenin, who then starts the Bolshevik Revolution, which overthrows the uh, czar and the whole Russian royalty and brings in... Uh, communism but their communism not true communism dictatorship communism and mm -hmm. um and we are rolling right along to uh stalin and world war ii um yeah but yeah it, the the hitler and world war ii well stalin was in stalin Russia. as well yeah, okay yeah Stalin as well, but yeah. I was thought you were talking about the end credit scene. I was like, well, Hitler was there. Uh, no, 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 I hadn't gotten there yet. But oh, sorry, in in terms of the Russian <laughs> political scene, we're rolling into Stalin. Um, but yeah, I I did also think that Rasputin was going to be a more formidable villain. I thought he would last a little longer because they do hype him up a lot in the. Um, in the trailer yeah. as mm -hmm. as kind of the villain but he, the scene where our protags interact with him 
are extended and then they but he does he he bites the dust in those scenes yeah so, yeah um it was an interesting sort of like the other thing about the Kingsman that I thought was just fascinating and I, I'm going to use a lot of words like fascinating interesting I do not want anyone to walk away but like Janae said fascinating but she said she didn't like it that doesn't work out and yes it does movies can be fascinating and I could not enjoy them um <laughs> so I also was fat I thought so I thought uh Holly was really interesting um and fascinating and I thought because I, I was trying to remember the the Kingsman uh Secret Service and the Golden Circle and like the portrayal of like women in it um as I was watching like Polly because you had like there really were only two women with speaking roles. Um, if anyone was curious, the Kingsman did not pass the Bechdel test. Uh, just, I didn't think it would. I hope no one thought it would, but it didn't. Um, and so it was just fascinating seeing like Polly, who is very competent, um, like very good linguist, uh, really good uh, nanny and like helper to... Um, uh, to Orlando uh, and then sort of like his his future love interest after Emily his original wife was shot uh, which I agree also back up I don't know why I also agree I don't know why Orlando was like hey Emily go run after our son who is tucked away in the carriage during open fire like that was the silliest thing on earth like I, I just I was like, Orlando, you, yeah. I don't know how you were in the military because you did not make good, you do not think well under pressure. Um, yeah, yeah, I just, yes, I agree. They like, I was like, oh, so she's gonna die. You you definitely killed her because yeah. she told her to stand during a, a, an active shooter drill and you don't know where the shooter is. Okay, yeah, great. and also it was just one shooter. That was the other thing I couldn't understand. I was like, there is <laughs> but one shooter here. Like when he, when Chola stabbed him, I was like, there is... It was only him. It wasn't him and his six buddies that were raining right. gunfire. It was this one dude shooting, and then everyone else in the concentration camp that had guns were also shooting, and then just missing wildly. I was like, "It's but one dude, y'all. Like, I need everyone to please be better at this." Um, so you have Emily who died early enough, uh, and was you know the fridge moment that most movies need. Um, mm -hmm. and the then first of two. The first of two. So that was the, the, the thing I was going to say. Uh, I know no, no. you're trying to p talk about Polly, but that is the first of two. I do want to talk about that too. Cause that, that's the other thing that I thought was interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. Cause yeah. So then you have Polly who like, again, is just very competent, uh, very got her stuff together. I want to know more about Polly and her history. Um, Cause of course it's not explained upon. And then you have like Mata who is the, it seems like each organization, each secret organization has one woman. Um, Got to get them in there. <laughs> and you have Mata. Diversity. Who, <laughs> um, you have Mata who is the, uh, on the villainous, the, what's his name? The, not the shadow hunter. Good. The, hmm? yeah, the shepherd. I just remember I like, his Oh, that's his name. Um, yeah, you have uh, uh, Mata Hari, who uh, is she was she was an like a real like German spy, um, and a dancer, and so like her piece with like Woodrow Wilson made sense, um, but then they like 
she finished her mission. She did what she came to do and they just were late and they choked her out. And then I think that's the last we see of her, right? Like he, he chokes <laughs> her out with a scarf and then just like, all right, take this away. Like I just. Yeah. Yeah. They did not give her the, which, cause this was, I mean, I think this may have been 10 or so minutes, 10 to 15 minutes before I had asked how much left, how much longer was left. So I want to say there's only 30 more minutes left after yeah. this. And we still hadn't fought the big bad, the shepherd. Um, but they didn't, mm. they didn't give her the same um, screen time to try to fight for her life. Like Rasputin got, um, she was just kind of tripped up with that scarf, which she seems like she was skilled with the scarf. So it seems like it was, Yes, that was cool. Dumb that like she, she got yeah. strangled by something that she was skilled with. So That's like, no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, yeah, like she just shot that scarf through a ring. Like, yeah. a very tiny ring. She had very thin fingers. So like, a very tiny very ring. Thin. Um, <laughs> she was uh, particularly thin, but uh, girl, get it. Um, yeah, I, I think... Uh, the other thing, so I just, I had this like uh, spectrum of, because there were only three women that spoke. Um, and so you had this spectrum and I was watching and I was like, this is very much like the Madonna horror complex that's happening in like the women that are being portrayed. And like, that's it with like their characterization. Like, because like, there's not a lot more that I can see. Like, especially when you, when you especially when you're comparing like Emily and Mata, who had probably the least speaking roles out of the three women. Um mm-hmm. you very much land in that like Madonna horror uh space. Um where like Polly in the middle is kind of like fluctuating between where you like see that she is like very competent, quote unquote competent and like again these are heavy lifting quotes virginal as the complex does but then you also see her like express some level of eh, sexuality where she kisses this man but that's it that's all you get um and then storms out but the kiss didn't make sense it didn't there was nothing leading up to it to show that they were and so i wasn't sure if this was like a this is a kiss to wake you up or this is a goodbye kiss or but I wasn't sure if they intended us to interpret it as a romantic kiss because there was nothing leading up to it. And then and after, <laughs> yes, and then after he asks for a cup of tea. And I was like, <laughs> he did a woman, like somebody just kissed you. If if somebody kisses you, you should respond to that. Like you, you even if it's just to say, oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> did move on but like you (laughs) should respond to that um but she also just accepted him asking for a cup of tea and i was like this is yeah that was like this is unnecessary and the him waking up out of his um his drunken stupor because of his grief um Mm -hmm. or or in and pushing through that that point of his grief definitely necessary for the plot but also just in life there you have to you need to move through the grieving process you can't stay stuck in one part of it right but the way that they interacted in that was just unnecessary polly was great everywhere else she was um 
you know, she was, um, she was always the, the ace in the hole, so to speak. Yeah. She, <laughs> I'm just, I, I think as you were, I was just very surprised she did not climb up the mountain at the end and just yank I, the shepherd off herself. <laughs> right. I was, I was half expecting because the, the final fight scene is of course, Ray Fiennes and Matthew Good. Matthew Good is the shepherd. Ray Fiennes is Duke of Oxford, Orlando. Um, they're fighting on this incredibly, incredibly high mountain that there's only like a manually operated lift to get up and down. And they destroyed that getting up there. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Ray finds is, you know, getting his tail kicked a little bit, but they're all, they're both oh, yeah. struggling. And I was like, oh, okay, well, Polly's going to pop in and, and she's going to help us with this. Cause Shola had already been shot. Um, and it wasn't Polly. It was the dang goat which okay fine nice it was a nice callback but i accepted it i was like you know what if anyone's also gonna get a vicious revenge it needs to be that goat because right right i would also get a vicious revenge if someone like murdered you in front of me and then like cut off an arm i would a hundred percent or like my ear maybe i don't know i'm thinking of something that is equivalent to its horn (laughs) but i would also get sweet revenge for you yes Yes. So yeah. So it was it was acceptable, but that was just how that's acceptable. Useful. Um, that's just how useful and like coming through in the clutch Polly was, and so she was a great character. Um, I, she is. I'm sure, like Roxy from um, the first Kingsman is what is supposed to be a similar be a parallel and i think they did well with roxy in the first one um but also the first one doesn't have any other women except for roxy so yeah yeah you can't you can't have more than one (laughs) uh you want to talk about uh the fridging that i think we both recognize was happening that was an interesting spin on fridging on fridging fridging We've said, we've said it before, being fridged. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, yes, you literally, like, you just <laughs> talked about it. You just alluded to it. I was like, you know what it means. I know you know what it means. I actually don't, but that's the power of context clues. Kids, stay in school. You oh were referring God. to the wife, so I knew that you meant the 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 push for our pro tag to yeah. be in the a sun- certain state. For well, Jess knows exactly what this means, but for anybody who doesn't, <laughs> know, uh, I'll I'll explain it. Basically, I can't remember what comic it was back in the day, but there was a comic, a superhero comic, um, that birthed this sort of idea of fridging when the superhero, or maybe it wasn't a specific comic, but the superhero's uh girlfriend was kidnapped, murdered, and then stuffed in a fridge and then dropped off in a um in a dumpster, and like that's where he found her, and like that's where his origin story was. Um, and so the concept of fridging usually refers to females who are murdered or anything bad happens, sexually assaulted, like something terrible happens to them um, that will spur only to spur the, like there, there's no growth in her. There's not like, especially with the murder, like there's nothing. Um, and it's only to spur the pro tag, which is usually a man uh, that is related to her in some way, shape, or friend, whether that's father, boyfriend, husband, what have you. Um, and it happens 
a lot. In fact, at LeakyCon one year, uh, we were doing a panel on the women in Harry Potter. And I remember one of my friends was like, I remember how horrified I was when I realized that Lily Potter was fridged. And all of us were like, oh, no. Well, now we're broken. This is <laughs> this is the beginning of the end. Um, so, yes. Oh, uh, it's yes. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. Rob. Rob's came through, coming through in the clutch with uh, <laughs> the name of the Duke and and now the origin of fridging mm-hmm. yeah so yes, yeah normally so. happens with emails um and yes. so the original in the movie with emily what i don't want to say it was expected but like it fit oh, it was that 100% formula. inspected i mean once he once she was sitting there honestly with how like not <laughs> i don't want to say grotesque because like the kingsman isn't like grotesque but it is very gory like it's not gore, but like it's bloody um mm-hmm. like they don't shy away from showing you what a bullet does um and so honestly while she was sitting there while the gunfire started and she was sitting there in the carriage with little conrad i really assumed the bullet was going to hit her right then and there i didn't think she was going to be able to get out um out. i guess she yeah, so yeah i guess she got out as the like before the bullet but i thought something was going to happen to her in that carriage it, like every time it like zoomed in on her face i was like oh no i like would flinch i was like i don't want to see it um so so that's what i mean like it was expected but like it it almost i almost let my guard down for a second because i was like oh it didn't happen here and then he was like go get conrad and i was like nope there we go all right <laughs> oh no i knew she was gonna die whether more people came out the hill and started shooting up the camp more or i was like oh, okay yeah she's gotta go because oh, she's she's not anywhere else in the trailer not that she has to go because women can 100 percent be in media and carry media but based off of how they were framing it, I was like, oh, yeah, they think she needs to go. And they're trying to make this. They think she needs to go. <laughs> they, they did. They didn't, they didn't even do it well. I mean, who, yeah. brings a, who brings their family to an active, it was a concentration camp. And I don't, I can't remember who it was, but who brings their family to that? Like, that was already like a red flag. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is unless they're already active in the Kingsman and I am highly doubtful, then this is, this is a setup. Um, And so because it was so early, I felt like that one, it was a expected, it wasn't done well, but it also didn't really matter, which sucks Mm -hmm. because a death of a character should always matter Mm -hmm. and it should, but it, it didn't, it, for me, because they didn't give us any emotional attachment to Emily and it was just okay here's why he's gonna be so uh tight and and restrictive with Conrad and Conrad going into war or any dangerous areas because he wouldn't even let Conrad travel to Russia even before the war yeah it's oh you know what it reminds me of hmm (laughs) finding Nemo yeah 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 but they do it so much better in fighting nemo oh, yeah 100%. i think that also nemo doesn't die in fighting nemo like... nemo doesn't die the mom has what already a different passed. Disney movie that would have been yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the yeah the mom has already passed and so we get that protectiveness from the actual characters that 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 are are in that dynamic and and struggling through it we get the protectiveness from nemo and his dad 
versus Kingsman, they try to even they try to set the origin, and it's like we don't need the origin of that. You can do good storytelling and just show us through the interactions, the dialogue of these characters later on. Like that entire, the only other thing that scene did was it introduced how Shola was intricate in their family from early on mm-hmm. and catch Ketchner and our big bad we see them but they that could there could have been I don't know a Conrad birthday party and it's like the first birthday party that the Duke has thrown since the mother has passed and mm-hmm. and we could have had a better development of his protectiveness of Conrad without having to fridge um Emily I also think it just probably would have been more because I think the I compared Finding Nemo so I'm gonna follow this metaphor um I think analogy I think the uh other difference (laughs) I thought that too and I was like like, it's an analogy (laughs) um I think the other difference is like how we kind of talked about earlier uh like Nemo's dad did not send his mom off to die like he just was out doing something else and came back and like she and most of their babies were gone like right because they got eaten so like it wasn't anything like it wasn't like oh go get and then he and then she died because you were just like you made a bad choice um and so that was the first fridge that was like apparently very expected by jessica uh mostly expected by me um i think the one that surprised me that I wasn't ready for it was uh Conrad um <laughs> yeah. like because uh, that seemed, one got me as well yeah because it seemed like like the whole reason like like I, I understand I do get like what his death quote unquote accomplished in like another character like why the fridge was successful um but I guess I just I just wasn't expecting it because I was like well he already had his first fridge and that was to keep his son safe and like his son left and like okay but like his son's gonna come back especially as it was right towards the end like the way it happened was so dissatisfying which i nothing is satisfying about war um and i think it was intended to be that which like makes sense like it makes sense that like conrad's death was so unnecessary because war is unnecessary um and so i i got it but i just was like oh no like i wasn't ready for this fridge to happen usually houses only have one fridge i mean jess's house is two fridges but like most houses only have one one fridge like wasn't expecting two in the same story and we have a deep fridge so you know we can squeeze a third fridge in there if you squeeze a third freezer this is a more intense version of a fridge yeah i i it it so yes, it subverted the power of the main character and and it subverted it because we had the power of the main character um, demonstrated just before Conrad gets shot. So the that fight scene where everyone is fighting in the middle of the battle zone to try and get the intelligence, Conrad is, um, he gets stuck out there. He finds the dude who has the intelligence. They're holding out in a hole. And then Conrad's like, nah, we're both going to go home as heroes. Throws the man over his back and starts running back to the British side of the of the line. And of course, there's dramatic music. There's explosions all around him. Some of them 
set to look really close and like it almost got them, but it misses them. Um, and actually as they come, as he takes like his final step towards the British trenches, um, a, a shell does hit like right behind them. They're exploded into the trench. The guy on Conrad's back takes the entire brunt of that explosion. So he dies instantly, but Conrad survives. And so at that point, you're like, yes, Conrad survived. We got this intelligence that's going to intelligence that's going to bring the war to where it needs to be. And the U.S. is going to enter. And um, and, you know, Conrad's going to be reunited with his dad and the um the and you know the the discovery comrade oh my gosh there's so much conrad steals another person's identity which is why he gets shot because they think that he's a spy and i just assume i understand they're sensitive not sensitive they're sensitive about that um but like right back the the reason that they had to go collect this intelligence is because they shot the original messenger that was running to them with the union jack flag like yeah and they saw them and was like, oh, spy, who's carrying the, you like, I mean, it, maybe this is exactly why I am not built for war. But like my brain wasn't like, oh, look at that spy trying to trick us with a Union Jack flag. Like, I was like, oh, cool. It's one of us. Like, I, I don't know. Again, this is exactly why I'm not built yeah, for war. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, war like, makes you paranoid and suspicious of, you know, the tactics that the other side is trying to use. Um. But I just assumed that that suspicion of Conrad was going to bring him to the higher ups sooner rather than later. And then, of course, we would get this big reunion. And so for him to get shot in the face was very surprising. Um, And then it also it was surprising. But it also. um, Turned the Kingsman. The, the Kingsman formula on its head. Because usually the Kingsman is about a younger mm-hmm. gentleman, a younger young man getting brought into this way of um, intelligence, into this intelligence agency. And so Conrad was our youngest person who was being brought into this. And so for him to get shot, it kind of subverted what the other movies did. And I was like, um... Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I was like, well, now it's yeah. I was like, well, now it's not. It's not what the other Kingsmen were, which was always older person, younger person fighting it out. Like it was. Yeah. It was. Now this is a revenge mission. Yeah. Um. And. And it then did solidify who the main character was because I was like, oh, I thought Conrad was the main character, but apparently, or one of the main characters, but apparently he was not. He was just mm-hmm. supporting. And the main characters are really Polly, Shola, because Shola doesn't get killed. Um, surprising. So he, surprising because he is the only black man. Uh-huh. Um, only black but he person. does take a bullet from the, huh? Oh, yeah, black person. Yeah. Only black person and is a black man. Um, but he does take a bullet for the white man. Of course he and, does. Huh? So of course he does. Sorry. Carry uh-huh, on. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and so yes, Shola, Polly, and the Duke are our actual main characters, which mm-hmm. to have 
let Conrad go this long as a possible main character and then to take him away as a main character is, I don't know. It just felt weird. It, again, it yeah, it felt weird. And again, it does play into um, what commentary they may have been trying to say about war, which is that war is messy, war is not fair, war destroys lives and takes lives. Um, but it also, in terms of like a movie and storytelling, it it took a very real turn in what is normally a very fantasy, towing the line of fantasy um, series. Yeah. So like, and I do think they could have done it without some of the things that they did because I feel like what you're describing like the how we're interpreting like them uh portraying war they did in the first like the first shot like when everyone was running out of the trenches and just got mowed down like I remember your your reaction was so like immediate you're like look at that like let's wait like not you say like waste of life but you didn't mean like waste like but like like look at this waste of life like it for this pointless thing and like that reaction you didn't really need anything else that was enough i don't know i don't know who else needed more out of like the war portion to be like i mean yeah that sucks but how bad is it really like who are you and i hope you're not listening or if you're listening i hope you're better than that now after we've talked about this because we proselytize to you enough that you change your (laughs) view some more (laughs) because that's what this podcast is (laughs) yes yes anti-war anti-capitalism oh god our Uh, fbi agent chris is all over it he's excited he's like great this is such good evidence (laughs) also episode 43 (laughs) chris you are also anti-war and anti-capitalism don't lie it's fine we know we won't tell you boss but we know it's okay (laughs) oh but Yeah. yeah yeah and so oh and i and I also am hesitant to think that Conrad could come back because that does happen in the Kingsman, um, the first Mm -hmm. two movies, which again brings that fantasy element to this whole series, is that um, Colin First's character gets shot in the face. um, Yeah, he does. And he gets brought back. But I I feel, but they, oh, they have an entire... um, funeral for conrad so you know there's definitely no way he's coming back the kingsmen aren't going to bring him back whereas colin firth we see him get shot i don't know what eggsy does i think eggsy has to leave because things are like about to get serious or something and so that's it we just see him get shot we see eggsy grieve a little bit and we see eggsy return back to his um to colin Firth's apartment um and so yeah, so there's no, there's definitely no like opportunity for Conrad to be brought back and to line this into the universe of the previous Kingsman movies where death is not final. Right. So I was and like, oh. do, and we do love a media where death is not final. <laughs> Supernatural. Looking <laughs> at you. No one dies. <laughs> I was like, and Marvel. <laughs> Multiverse True. exists. No one's really dead. <laughs> no one's really dead. We can build a time machine, go back in time, and do it all over again. Oh, Lord have mercy. 
So yeah, so uh, what I think the Kingsman was rated like six point four on IMDb, and I mm. would agree with that. I would do yeah five to six, maybe yeah. maybe a little less, but if not a six, I think I would yeah. do like four to five. It was stars fine out of ten. Yeah, it was fine. It did what yeah. it needed to do, but I would like a Kingsman sequel. No more prequels. I don't. I don't want it anymore. I'm done. Well, Tired. and so they set up a sequel to this prequel. Oh yeah. <laughs> because oh yeah, we forgot. Surprise, Aaron Taylor Johnson. No, yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. He was, but he wasn't. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson wasn't. Uh, I mean, he was in it. Uh, but he wasn't like the end credit scene. No, he's not in the end credit scene, but the end credit scene sets up that, you know, that um, now the new Daniel Bruh, who uh, plays Zola in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is also still still doing evil deeds in the Kingsman <laughs> evil universe. Evil what? Evil German deeds? <laughs> yes, evil, evil German or uh, Eastern European deeds. Um, and... He is introducing Conrad Lennon to Adolf Hitler. That's our final scene. But yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson is sitting at the table and it gets introduced as Lancelot. And so yeah. they set up that, yeah, this is going to be a, a new version of the Kingsman, which it was only in that moment that it felt reminiscent to the other movies. Yeah, the yeah. rest of the time there were like little callbacks to it with like where you know the duke is telling conrad that we do oxford never brogues because um mm -hmm. yeah 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 i agree so mm -hmm. we'll see what happens we'll see we will. Ugh, we'll see how it goes yeah all right well that was the kingsman um yeah, as I talk through it more, I have became more disappointed by this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, it was like an hour. When you asked me how much longer was left and I told you 45 minutes, that's the moment where it sunk in for me. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like what, <laughs> what we're doing here. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is not um, this is not Black Girls Love stamp of approval. This is, yeah. 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 Watch it if you if you want. If you want, we'll have to see what else they bring out in the Kingsman universe to see if this is, like, warranted. Um, but yeah, so thank you for listening to us discovering our true disappointment in this movie. Um, yeah, you can hit us up on socials. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at BGLpod. You can find us uh, on Facebook at Black Girls Love Podcast. We've got a page out there. Go ahead and like it. Um, and then you could also write us at our Gmail account, which is blackgirlslovepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you all uh, in two weeks or hopefully something that we enjoyed and love a little more. <laughs> Until then, we are still black, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that. We love being black. <laughs> all right.